Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza, joined as always on Sunday evenings by Matt Harmon, who will help me recap our Four favorite NFL games, although I don't know if they're favorite so much as like four NFL. Like we can omit the like red strike through the favorite because I don't know if there were any favorite games in the week seven slate uh, from this afternoon. They're the, pretty, they're the prettiest ugly. They're the prettiest ugly ones in the bunch because uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it was an ugly, ugly slate. Yeah, we'll also we'll also have um, Matt's uh, DFS knowledge on display when we give you a little preview of the Monday night matchup, which you know also if we're if we're talking about pretty, does not <laughs> <Jeez>. look bad. <laughs> but um, you know, this was the week that fantasy Twitter wanted to call the bipocalypse. Um, no. Some people were calling it uh, bimageddon. I think both of those things were things that I said. And then felt sick about saying shortly thereafter. Regardless, they're, they're said. They're out in the ether now. And um, they got worse. Like, it wasn't just that we had a limited yeah. slate of games. But we also had some, like, pretty gnarly injuries to key players, to big-name players. I'm going to start with Zach Wilson. Not, like, a big-name player in terms of fantasy. But certainly a player who's drawn a lot of media attention. Uh, he got knocked out. With a knee injury, it's believed to be a PCL injury. He'll receive an MRI on the knee on Monday. But um, I mean, I, I mean, the shocker when Makai Becton went out in Week One, we're all like, "Huh." I think I don't know if this is going to go so well. Yeah, you know, with the Jets just getting crushed to the point that even uh, Robert Sala was apparently dropping f bombs in the uh, post game presser. Between that and Sam Darnold getting benched in Carolina, this wasn't bipocalypse or whatever. It was like talk. <laughs> it was Adam Gase redemption week, Liz. <laughs> I don't. Where I don't even know where is Adam Gase these days. I don't know, oh, but um, he is. He does not have a job, so I'm assuming he is back in his home state of Michigan. And you and I were on the same page because I thought Adam Gase, while the rest of us are like having a miserable sort of football Sunday, he must be having a great football Sunday because, you know, he is finding his redemption, as you mentioned. And also (laughs) the Lions covered. So he's probably thrilled. Oh, great. Oh, great. Yeah. No, I'm sure his beard is like this long by now. And, you know, it's got some grays in it. And he's like, He's going to come out with like, uh, I know he's got some friends in the media, so he'll definitely come out with like a Mike McCarthy-esque, 
you know, PR tour like old McCarthy did when he was out of work for a year and he'll have another head coaching job soon enough. No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, no, Zach Wilson, apparently he's going to have an MRI Monday morning and you know, it's tough right now. There's, there is nothing. There's not, there's almost nothing positive to say about the jets right now. And that is like, and honestly, like the bears are in the same situation too, with their, with their rookie quarterback that like, you'd love to see something, but coming out of today, there's just, there's just no good to say. And obviously, you know, the, the, uh, the bears are at the end of most likely at the end of one regime. Uh, and then the jets are starting a new one, but it's just same old jet stuff. And it, it's brutal right now, you know, to get crushed by the Patriots who are, you know, not a great team, but obviously just a much more accomplished team. And, you know, Mac Jones is like steadily getting better. Zach Wilson already not getting better. And like, you know, I thought this was strange, Liz, like, the damn Jets just went into this year with no alternative. You know, you look around the rest of the NFL, not even and not even just not an alternative. Like, you know, the Bears had Andy Dalton. You know, the, the Patriots had Cam Newton. Uh, obviously, the 49ers had Jimmy Garoppolo over Trey Lance. Um, you know, even the freaking Jaguars had uh, not just Gardner Minshew, but they signed C.J. Beathard like a backup. The Jets had no experience behind uh, Zach Wilson. They had no one to potentially start over him. You know, Mike White has no NFL reps, and he's the guy who comes in today. So it's like, I don't know. It's, just, it's a tough scene for the Jets, that's for sure. I mean, why do you need a quarterback with reps when you have a guy with the same name who created White Lotus? That's like everybody's favorite show on HBO right now. I, gu- nope, I guess that's, that's one way to look okay. at it. I guess that's one way to look uh, at it. So I, I, I don't, I'm not as down on the – I mean, you make you make fair points. I would also say that, like – we've complained that Justin Fields didn't get enough practice reps because Nagy was so attached to Andy Dalton and who knows why Nick Foles is standing around with a clipboard in Chicago. But like we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo is going to take the field um, and Trey Lance wasn't able to get the reps that we thought maybe would behoove him. He's obviously out with a knee injury. So I, I don't like completely fault the Jets who made a bunch of changes for not including depth under center as one of them um I do think there are a couple of silver linings I mean I do think if we're talking about Zach Wilson they like kind of forgot about the amount of time and space that he had at BYU compared to I don't know in the NFL and of course that offensive line remains a liability like not even a quote issue but a major liability um and and we saw that finally come to fruition this week. Um, but I will say if there is a silver lining, it's Michael Carter, the running back. Like we talked about this matchup against new England during FFL that they had in week two. And Michael Carter did amass 90 total yards. And that was his second NFL start in this one. He manages 37 rushing yards off of 11 carries. We know that game script isn't really going to run like lean in his favor, but it is also worth noting that through the air, he converted eight of nine for another 67. So I do think that he is, and we saw this at Carolina, a multi-talented, dimensional running back who I think can be a piece for them moving forward. You know, running backs, uh, quote, don't matter, but I do think there is some talent here that they can build around. And I think if they make, if, if they boost the offensive line, we can have some forward momentum. It's not going to happen in 2021. Right. Yeah. No, there's, there's some guys there, you know, uh, Elijah Moore makes a 19 yard, uh, he gets a 19 yard rushing touchdown. Um, he also made a play on a screen pass as well, but yeah, there's, there's definitely players here. It's just the offense. You, you're, you're right to bring up the offensive line. Like it's broken to a point that like they can't really run a functional offense. 
this sounds odd, but the Chiefs can't run a functional offense or a functional defense right now. Uh, And that's a little, I mean, we've seen the defense be broken for a couple of weeks. And I, I know there was like some hope that because Chris Jones was coming back and moving back to the defensive tackle position this week, that there would be some improvement. There was optimism around that return for good reason, right? Because I would say that Chris Jones in many ways made the play that caused the momentum shift that won them the Super Bowl two years ago. But he has a wrist injury and there is no way he is going to try <laughs> to mess with Derrick Henry and re-aggravate that wrist injury, right? Like, yeah. it's Derrick Henry. This isn't just your typical running back. I mean, we all talked about the um, memes and even Ryan Tannehill talked about the memes that were inspired by Derrick Henry's stiff arm in FFL this morning when he met with Andy. So like, yeah, Chris Jones was not going to um, get in there and and mess with him too much. I mean, there's a, I'm sure you can go on Twitter and find the, uh, the would be tackle, not even like the, the like faux attempt at a tackle that Jones made against Henry. Uh, it does. It doesn't look great, but I don't. I don't fault the guy. The bigger news, obviously, is that despite. The hey, fact by the way, the sorry Patrick to Mons- sorry to interrupt, but but shout out to Andy Barons, by the way, for that Ryan Tannehill interview. Logan Woodside took the kneel down the today. Like he yeah. took the knee today after uh, Andy pitched Ryan Tannehill on that idea because you know us. Uh, selfish fantasy folks don't want to lose our rushing points or uh, from from the kneel downs or whatever. So I I don't know Andy Barons. The judge himself might have moved the reverend, reverend, the judge, all of these great titles for Andy Barron's novelist, Andy Barron's. I mean, he might have just changed the course of fantasy football as we know it. I mean, as any man of the cloth should. Right. Like that is the that is a person. Amen. Perfect. Um, Anyway, Patrick Mahomes uh, was concussed in this in this match up. Everything that's being reported said that he cleared the protocol but did not return to game action because, well, the game was very out of hand. Yeah. The final score, 3-27. to 27, So why, why risk him being any further injured? The Chiefs do play next week. Uh, it's not like they get a bye, which is not great. Um, the good news is that they play the Giants at Arrowhead. Yeah. The bad news is it's on primetime again Monday night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to watch it, but I guess that's another day for Patrick Mahomes and his team to you know get healthier or whatever. But you know, our producer John sent us a tweet, you know, about all these like Chiefs stats and all that. I'm including it in my uh, care don't care write up, and you know, the theme of this tweet is you know it's a lot of like thirty. The Chiefs are thirty second or thirty first in a variety of categories. Uh, all but one of them end with the word allowed. So that's that's the that's the trend there. And yeah, they're obviously 32nd in turnovers too. That's the thing. Like at some point the turnover luck will most likely flip or at least normalize a little bit. You know, you could argue that maybe Patrick Holmes and company are pressing too much with some of these turnovers, but uh and that might be the result of it. But the thing with that's not getting better, like this defense is not suddenly gonna like get improved or anything, because it's not a scheme issue. You know, the this is the same defense they've been running with Steve Spagnolo for a long time now, several years, and the problem is just the players. Like, the linebacker unit might be the stone worst in the entire NFL. The secondary has major holes. You mentioned Chris Jones. 
Chris Jones is like the only good player that they have on the front line. Like that Frank Clark move was a miserable failure. Nothing else has really worked out there. So the Chiefs defense is going to suck all year. Like that's just going to be the result. That's just going to be the reality of the situation for Kansas City. And you could, again, argue that their offense has to press more, which might be leading to the turnovers. But yeah, like this Chiefs defense is not going to suddenly flip around. Like this is who the Chiefs are this year. And I think the point that was the point that I was going to make was that it is it is you would like to imagine that there is going to be a turn in terms of the turnovers, that that's fluky or bad luck. But if the defense doesn't buoy the rest of the squad, doesn't offer enough balance, then it's hard to imagine that turning around as much as we had hoped it would. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we will see. Um, there Here were more we injuries. Right. Here we are. Uh, two more injuries in the same matchup. This was in the Raiders-Eagles game. Miles Sanders was knocked out with an ankle injury. Obviously, Kenneth Gainwell, who found the end zone um, in his stead. Mm. I mean, I'm not super excited about the amount of times that this offense is willing to use their running backs uh, on the ground. But for what it's worth, Kenneth Gainwell is rostered in just 21% of Yahoo Fantasy League's We know he has some ability through the air, but once again, it's Jalen Hurts who's leading the backfield in rush attempts. Yeah, it actually kind of looked like the team was, you know, maybe they had heard all of the noise about the whole, you know, run. Well, Nick Sirianni said he was going to try, right? But you never know if that's. Right. But God bless him. It kind of looked like he was trying, you know, it kind of looked like he was at least going to try to get Miles Sanders going. And then, you know, if you have Miles Sanders on your fantasy team, it's just a bummer. He gets hurt after six carries, uh, you know, one catch for negative yardage, that whole thing. So uh, it is it is a bummer for Sanders. For Josh Jacobs, the Raiders have a bye next week. And uh, I just saw from Tom Pelissero that um, the injury is not believed to be major for Josh Jacobs. But I mean, Man, Josh Jacobs, it just does like it's one thing after another. I feel bad for the guy because he does clearly have juice. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's also it's worth noting for the Raiders, too. I didn't mention this on FFL, and I don't know if we've talked about it, Liz, but I did mention it to Jared Quay on the Yahoo Sportsbook live show. Did you see Josh Jacobs quote last week about um, how f- he felt the sideline was so much more um anxiety free last week peaceful i'm kind of paraphrasing here but the words uh anxiety kind of came up uh like and then you know nobody's cussing you out or always fighting with the refs or whatever i'm like that seemed like a pretty straight shot right so um i don't know maybe there are better there's better energy around the raiders today was no question they were the the better operation against the eagles that's for sure yeah i they've won two in a row now under bisaccia um, Dalton mentioned that quote actually on the Friday pod and how he was buying into the narrative. Um, people believe in energy. Well, here's the thing. If people can believe in momentum, then they can believe in energy because it's kind of the same thing. Oh Everyone gets a little tilted when people say like, oh, the energy. But like, then I hear the same people or see the same people tweeting about momentum. And guess what? It's the same thing. So, um, if we're going to talk about momentum and we're going to talk about energy, we should talk about blowouts because, I don't know why I'm thinking about diapers now. That is just where my brain as a mom is at. But in this Mm. case, blowouts are in relation to some of these massive wins. (laughs) Tennessee by 24, New England, it just went south. New England by 39, the Giants (laughs) win by 22, the Bengals by 24, the Bengals by 24. Like, we're going to talk about that matchup in a second. Arizona stays undefeated, winning by 26. Tampa Bay, you mentioned it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They win by 35. What a what a tough scene that game. Like I just, you know, we were I'm going to say this much. This is we're totally going off the 
outline. Our poor producer, John, is probably shaking his head, but he'll have to edit this later. So I'm just going to keep going. We, Andy and I had like a fantasy face off that got cut because you and Tank kept going on and on and on and like checking your chat or something. And since it's a live show, we had to like move a little bit. And Andy was going to argue in favor of Allen Robinson. And I was arguing in favor of Jacoby Myers. And when I was watching this game, I was like, you know what, Andy, you can't beat, like, I understand the way to beat the Bucks is through the air, but also Justin Fields managed 27 pass attempts against Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's not going to happen. They will not do it. They cannot do it. I don't even think Fields cleared 30 pass attempts against the Bucks. Like, I understand also he looks bad when he's throwing the ball and he's turning it over yeah. and none of it's good. But, like, when you look at some of these other players, they're not efficient, but at least they're putting it in the into the in the air, like giving these guys reps, giving them opportunity. Well, it, Tank and I actually had a face off about Justin Fields versus Sam Darnold. He was on the Darnold side. I was on the Fields side. And guess what? I was right by uh, <laughs> less than a freaking point. Four point six, four point one six points for Justin Fields. Uh, Three point four for Sam Darnold, who got benched. So yeah, that was a very tough scene for the Chicago Bears. And that, uh, oh my god, it was it was it's tough. It's tough. I don't. I don't. We don't need to get into the whole Justin Fields thing, but it's tough. 32 pass attempts, 32. He completed 22 of 32. And then you have Jalen Hurts. I understand his wheels are different, kind of. He's still, like, he only completes 18 passes, but at least he has 34 attempts, and he's playing the rate. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Let's just move on to the Bengals and the Ravens in this division matchup. The Bengals, by the way, Minty Betts' favorite team, and for good reason. I love what they are doing. I love the fact that this defense has overperformed to such a level, and yet Joe Burrow is like, nah, I'm still going to chuck it. Like, if you want to talk about Mm -hmm. throwing the ball, he's like, we're still going to do it. I'm confident. I got the cigar. Let's light it and them up. Yeah, um, shout out to you, Liz, for the CJ Uzoma call. Guy scores, gets only gets three targets. (laughs) Three catches for two touchdowns, 91 yards, busted a couple of huge plays in this one. You know, what I thought was really encouraging from the Bengals side of of this game, obviously a lot of things were really encouraging, but, you know, I mentioned this about T. Higgins uh, in our uh, FFL show, that little thing, uh, the uh, <laughs> off their game segment, that one, um, you know, that, that the Bengals have been a run first team like but that was not what they were in this game they had 24 pass attempts in the first half I think just eight carries for Joe Mixon Joe Mixon finishes with 12 Samaj Pirine 11 38 pass attempts for Joe Burrow they really slung the ball around in this game and I mean you know they did God bless them they tried to get T Higgins going he had six catches or seven catches for 62 yards on 15 targets but it's just a Jamar Chase show I mean this guy is unbelievably good like and he was a prospect coming into the NFL that checked every box you know I think he was a he was above average to great in every single phase of playing the wide receiver position like I had no question about the guy coming into the NFL but he's our he's been better from the jump than I think anybody could have expected especially because he didn't play football last year so um, to ring up, you know, 200 yards on Marlon Humphrey, who's one of the best like press man corners in the entire NFL. That was a huge statement. And I thought this was very encouraging for the Bengals to really kind of win while being a pass first team, which is something they hadn't done to this point. Yeah, Jamar Chase up 
until this game, heading into this game, had completed 400 air yards. He was the wide receiver three for that statistical category. And then he manages another 82-yard touchdown today. He is a consistent value. I mean, you're seeing his, his, his price in DFS creep a little bit, but he's always under 30 bucks. You know, he's yeah, like yeah. between 25, 28, 27 bucks every week. And every week he's a solid play. Uzuma or Uzoma. I, I still like Uzuma. I don't know why. I love it. But Uzoma, I suppose, is the proper way to do it, uh, to pronounce his name. I will say that this was um, a matchup-based play. Like, yes, it was nice to see him find the end zone with Higgins in the lineup against Detroit last week. But the Ravens are on bye next week. So there's not like there's not going to be this easy streaming matchup for a team that gives up a lot over the middle. So just we'll, we'll see what I come up with in a couple of days for next week's sleeper, especially at the tight end. But I did want to say that a lot of this had a lot of Uzoma's, Uzoma's success had to do with the matchup. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, hey, look, he's a starting tight end that runs a lot of routes in an offense that's been very efficient. So can't really argue with that. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about Marquise Brown? He continues to do really well, 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, Lamar Jackson did leave early uh, because the game was out of hand. So again, let's protect him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, great, great throw and catch on uh, Hollywood's long 39 yard touchdown from Lamar uh, from from Hollywood Brown there and Rashad Bateman too gets out there has six targets again clears 80 yards looks really good um you know this was just I think the Bengals just came out and boat raced them which was probably a surprise and you know the Ravens running back room is still not great like if you're like me and had to eat the dust on Devonta Freeman and start him in a couple leagues you got lucky that you got yourself a touchdown in there but you know this is like they could run on the chargers last week, but everybody runs on the chargers. I think that's still kind of a problem for uh, the old Baltimore Ravens there. I agree with that a hundred percent. Latavius Murray was not active this week and Lamar obviously still gets it done on the ground. I want to move along to the Falcons and the Dolphins game, because even though the Dolphins have dropped two in a row to a tongue of Iloa has shown that he can beat up a bad defense in back-to-back weeks. He passed for just under 300 yards and four touchdowns, two interceptions and one sack. You know, whether or not he is the quarterback that Miami wants for the future remains to be seen. Obviously, Dalton and I discussed and everywhere you can find the rumors um, swirling around Watson potentially going to Miami. And like, I think this was a really good showcase opportunity for Tua, like whether it was for himself or for his future with the team or just in the NFL. I like that we are seeing consistency here. I like that we are seeing him produce against a not great team, but this is like when you, this is, this is progress, right? You, you are feeling confident about the fact that he has enough of these skills to put together some of these performances. You know, there's a lot of ways to go with the to a conversation. Number one on Deshaun Watson, it sounds like the Panthers are also like all the reports today are that they are the other team that's very heavily interested. It's also worth noting, you know, regardless of what you feel about this, and I, I think how I feel about it is that it's crazy, but um, it sounds like from a lot of the, the a lot of the tone out of like the NFL uh, media reporters too is that like there there's no like exempt list coming for Deshaun Watson if he's to be traded like that he would be eligible to play right away which I feel is very odd 
to put it that way. Very odd that you're just going to let Deshaun Watson go out there, take it to field after you make this like moral stand about kicking John Gruden's ass rightfully out of the league that, but then now like Deshaun Watson's just going to take the field in the middle of all this. That seems bizarre to me. Bizarre is one way to put it. But anyways, that's one thing. Second thing for Tua, you know, it's like Tua, he makes some mistakes. Like his intercept, the three picks, the one today and then uh, the two today and then the one against Jacksonville, those are brutal. Like he can't make those mistakes. But, you know, when I look at Tua, like he's a guy that, you know, the mobility and like the athleticism part of his game, I think has clearly kind of gone from the what he was in college, which I think like in college, you know, he drew like Russell Wilson comparisons and, and that t- Kyler Murray type of comparisons. Um, but he's just not that guy anymore after that devastating hip injury, which is fine. But, and you know, f- to be the type of quarterback that he is, cause I don't think he, I also don't think he has an elite arm. Like you kind of need him to be extremely accurate, which I think he is for the most part, accurate, anticipatory, all that type of stuff. You need like a few years in the league before you can really be that type of guy. So in that sense, it's just, you know, I think as he, like recognizes coverages and gets smarter and has more experience. He'll become, I think he will age like pretty gracefully and all that stuff. So I just don't think he's the biggest problem that Miami has. Like they've made a bunch of whiffs in terms of their draft picks on defense, secondary, uh, you know, the, um, the secondary is always hurt or it's hurt. Like the defense is not good. The offensive line is terrible. Like, I don't know that you drop Deshaun Watson on this team and like, they're suddenly good. Like they have a lot of problems beyond the quarterback position that it's tough for me to think that they'll just suddenly flip a switch because Watson's there or something. Well, maybe you stick with a play caller for more than a minute. Like maybe you that give this nice. guy some reps. Maybe you give him some consistency, maybe. Or, I mean, it does feel like they feel, it, it does feel like the organization, and I think you're right to note the point about him not having the same explosiveness post-hip injury, but I do think that maybe the franchise feels like they were gypped, like they were expecting a guy who still had all Hmm. of that. And they, you know, they paid a lot of, there's a lot of draft capital sunk into this guy. And yet when you look at a prospect or a player, like not a prospect, I suppose a player like Watson, he does have all of those things, right? He, he is kind of, I think what they thought they were getting at a lesser level with Tua and agree there's an there's an idea of like this is the way that the league is going and so we need to keep pace and I do think that Flores frankly was like what the hell we were ahead of the rebuild and now this guy is stopping us up and we've sunk all of this draft capital into in him and he's not going to even do what Jalen Hurts is doing for Philadelphia so Uh, I I mean Hurts is bad (laughs) so Hurts is bad but like but basically to a tongue of Iloa right now is like Baker Mayfield yeah he's I would say he's like late career Drew Brees, right? Like you need, you need him to be that guy, but like, he's not, um, he's not been in the league for 20 years or something like that. So he's not like ahead of the game mentally, like a veteran quarterback would be, but I'm just from like a limitation standpoint. No, I, I get what you're saying. And I also think this is, I think this is more of an ownership thing where they're like, Stephen Ross, like I didn't do all this rebuild and stuff to be, you mm-hmm. know, like lose all these games on, you know, try to lose on purpose or tank or whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, end up with this you know be one in are they one in six now like they're they're a train wreck it's not great and i just don't know what their ceiling is with or without watson i mean there's a lot of questions it's also sorry i'm just like it's also tilting that you go out and you get like jalen waddle then and then you make him into jarvis landry yeah Yeah. no it's i i think that's the bigger problem here is like i mean flores can say 
Tua's the one stopping the rebuild or whatever. And I mean, he didn't say that. It's like we're putting words in his mouth. But mm-hmm. they've whiffed on all, all their moves have been basically failures. That's what I, I said on the I just said, I think I said this on the podcast with Dalton. But like, yeah, all of their moves have been failures in terms of uh, what Miami's done. You know, I think Waddle's a good player and, and was a good like a good prospect and all that stuff. But you, you traded next year's like potentially second or second, third overall pick or something for him. And that's not, that's not great considering what you're getting so far. So yeah, I mean the fact that they can't settle uh, on an offensive coordinator, they can't settle. Um, you know, I mean, isn't this, they, they have like a co-offensive coordinator thing going on this year. Yeah. They had Chad O'Shea in Flores's first year. They fired him. Chan Gailey, he's gone. It's, it's tough there that, and then all, all their draft picks uh, have, really not worked out the way you'd want. So it's not a good team. That's the problem. Like it, it, I know Watson had played over his head in a lot of Texans offenses, but it's just not a good team. From a fantasy point of view, Gasecki and Waddle continue to lead the receiving core and the pass catchers. They're tied uh, for first in team targets with eight apiece. They both catch seven balls, clear 80 yards. Gasecki finds the end zone. We know what the deal is here. We'll see if Devonta Parker manages to find his way back onto the field in short order for right now. And and you're not like messing with this backfield. Sure. Miles Gaskin manages 67 yards and like finds the end zone through the air, but this is not something you want to gamble on unless you have no other options in Atlanta. uh, Mike Davis, Woo, <laughs> Mike Davis, he did get a little bit banged up in this one. We felt like this might be a good spot for him, but it remains Cordero Patterson. Again, I'm mentioning the fact that Davis was hobbled, leads the backfield with 14 carries, 60 rushing yards, one touchdown, and then he only caught two balls for one yard through the air. So we are seeing at least, as we were kind of hoping, like the um, gadget tree that you were using or that, that Cordero Patterson was being used with earlier in the season is starting to slow a little bit or plateau a little bit. It was never sustainable, but as Kyle Pitts starts to come on, now we don't need to mm-hmm. see him at Russell Gage gets healthy. Um, not that he like, yes, he scored today. Great, but he's not going to be a week in week out fantasy start, but all of that means right. maybe lesser opportunities for Patterson through the air. Yeah, I could see that for sure um and yeah Kyle Pitts is the big story coming out of this one you know 163 yards seven catches eight targets like he's stacked two really good games back to back now obviously with the buy sandwiched in um I think he is definitely arriving I think he is like a top five tight end four maybe behind Mark Andrews uh the rest of the way or at least like pretty close to those guys there so yeah I mean he's he's locked in we're ready to roll there with Kyle Pitts you know Calvin Ridley comes back scores a touchdown gets 10 targets I'm I'm not really worried at all about Calvin Ridley going forward I think the best days are ahead for the Falcons offense the Mike Davis thing he still played a ton of snaps he was still out there I think for 60 percent of the team snaps he just didn't get a lot of touches like he's winning you your pass blocking leagues I I guess but um that's about it um let's talk more about the Kansas City and Tennessee game we spent a lot of time talking about Kansas City but we haven't really given the Titans their due AJ Brown this was a call that you were very confident about and for good reason he led the pass catchers in targets with nine converted eight of those for over 130 and a touchdown he is back from the bubble guts and we are loving it sort of Sort of. He said after the game that he still like hasn't gained all the weight back that he lost. He's still like feeling it. I mean, geez, Chipotle just <laughs> it's like a, it's just a weekly battle here uh, for old AJ Brown just getting taken to the woodshed in the media is Chipotle. But like, you know, it, it great game by AJ Brown. And, and, you know, on Monday night against the Bills, 
we saw them line him up in the slot, get him a lot of those, like in the second half, um, yak plays over the middle, those crossing routes that he's just devastating on. In this game against the Chiefs, it was like in the vertical game, contested plays along the sideline. So I do think, you know, whether he's got all the weight back or he feels totally himself, I think he is back to, in our hearts, number one wide receiver, top 10 fantasy uh, at the position. Like, uh, no more like whining season is over on AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Like I realized that it was um, difficult to start the year. I mean, like I can't really remember something where the guy has like drops in week two, suffers a hamstring injury, comes back from the hamstring injury, gets the bubble guts, whatever, very tilting situation overall. But like AJ Brown is back and they've got a great string of matchups to the Tennessee Titans, uh, either going to be like high scoring games where they'll have to open up the passing game uh, as we saw against the uh, Buffalo on Monday night, or there's a lot of like, they still play the Texans twice. You know, they still play the Jaguars again. Uh, the Colts aren't that great of a defense. So there's still a lot of good days ahead for AJ Brown. I don't really know what to tell you on the whole Julio Jones thing. I'm kind of surprised that he played, but I do feel more and more confident, you know, in my, in my rankings preseason, I had a pretty big gap between AJ Brown and Julio Jones. I feel almost even stronger about that now. Yeah. I think that Julio Jones is going to be like a wide receiver three every, every week. You're probably going to imagine that he's in that range. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still second in team targets. It's just that when you have Derrick Henry running to the level that he's running, you're just not going to have to put the ball in the air. And when you mention the division that increases the volume for Henry even more, uh, they do have the Colts next week and at least Again, if we're looking for something optimistic, um, Julio Jones did make it throughout the entire game this week. He didn't, you know, have to leave early, which is and Derrick Henry throwing a touchdown too. Uh, he does it all, does it all for the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry wanted to shove it in the face of all the nerds who were like, "Sorry, Derrick Henry, you can't be in the MVP oh, yeah. conversation because <laughs> you're not a quarterback." Uh, well, look at that, dorks throwing touchdowns is Derrick Henry. His, I'm sure his EPA has just been blasted through the roof. And Taco Bell, shoot your shot. Now's the moment, man. Like, if if uh, Chipotle is Marvel, be the DC hero and go yeah, ahead even and grab Kudoka, like, James Kudoka, Gunn. Get in, get in this thing. Get it, get in the race here or whatever. I mean, Gosh. I've had some tough, I've had some tough experiences with Qdoba, so I'm not really endorsing that. I've never had Qdoba, and it's been a minute since I had Lucky Taco Bell you. because we live in Los Angeles, where we've got like the most amazing taco yeah. trucks Agree. on every single Agree. corner. We don't need to. Agree. Mess with any of that. Okay. All right. So speaking of living in Los Angeles, let's talk about the Rams and the Detroit Lions. I will say I was very happy to see the Lions make this interesting. I did feel very strongly yeah. that between Sean McVay's ego and Dan Campbell's, let's call it passion, this was not going to be just a, <laughs> a lay down and take it kind of affair. And they kept it within 10. So Detroit, Detroit covers in this one. And ultimately, though, you know, Jared Goff throws a pick to Jalen Ramsey, which seals the deal for the most part. Yeah, sealed the deal there. But, um, you know, and, and this was it was very encouraging by the Lions, too. They come out, they have a good first drive. Uh, DeAndre Swift rips off a big play, you know, and then they come out right away with an onside kick. Dan Campbell said, we got to steal possessions going into this game if, you know, we're going to win. And that was exactly what happened there. So that was why they really got off to a hot start, you know, and, and they ran the ball well. Like, you can kind of run on this Rams team, you know, overall. Their defense has not been what it was last year that's for mm. sure I, I mentioned this yep. uh as well on ffl but they're allowed that coming into today allowed the second most catches to wide receivers so this is definitely a beatable defense so khalif raymond has 115 yards oh. on six catches in this one girl 
let us talk about this for a moment because, you know, ah, I'm so mad at myself for talking up Amon Ross St. Brown. And I want everyone to know, you said this on FFL, like we take our own advice. I don't like make up these takes just to like fill some sort of content regulation check boxes. I mean, sometimes I have to. because Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. For the most but, part. For the most part, on a week where there's six teams on by, like I took my sleepers real serious because I needed them. And yeah. not only was... Amon Ross St. Brown coming home as a USC alum, but it, today was his damn birthday and he was on the field and he logged snaps, but he didn't see a single don't, target because Khalif Raymond was the dude. And I want to give a shout out to Jim Santos, who is a Twitter follower, and he shared this stat with me. Amon Ross St. Brown played 66% of the Lions snaps today, but was not targeted. I am so sorry, Jim. I appreciate you not being mad. I appreciate you reading my articles. I appreciate the support. And I also appreciate the corrections on the stats. Yikes. That is that is difficult there. That is a tough scene. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> are we good? Every right? once in a while, though, you know, like I get I like land on someone real. I'm like, oh, yeah. CJ Uzoma, like I got it. And then this was what sometimes like sometimes you have a take and you're like, listen, like I got to I got to do I got to write about a, a wide receiver this week. True. So this is the one we're doing. But then other times, you you know, when you feel like pretty confident, you're like, I got this one and you start him everywhere. And then blah, blah. Yep. Yep. I know exactly what you mean uh, by that. No. So it's, it is difficult to, right? You hit the huge one with CJ Uzoma. Like that wasn't even a freaking home run. That's a damn grand, grand slam you got there. Uh, and then nothing. So literally both sides of variance there for you, Liz, in terms yep. of that uh, sleeper segment this week. But you know, we don't need to, we, we don't need to go through uh, old, old history. Okay. That's in the past, you know, for the Lions today, it was, like I said earlier, they ran the ball really well. I think Jamal Williams ran well today. DeAndre Swift had his moments. Obviously he was huge in the past game, 10 targets, 96 yards and a touchdown. This was like the game script theoretically going into it where you just be, oh, yeah, they're trailing or whatever. DeAndre Swift's most of his production has come in negative game scripts this year. Um, that didn't need to be the case. It was actually more of a featured part of it. So, yeah, I mean, this this Rams defense, like I said, a little bit concerning, but um, the offense still is like, you just look at this box score too. It's just so much Cooper Cup goodness. 13 mm -hmm. targets, 10 catches. Oh, my God. I mean, watching them too, the broadcasters made the point that you know, there are several times where you watch Matthew Stafford. He doesn't even ha he's like Jared, Cooper Cup is not even his first read. Like he's watching Van Jefferson or Robert Woods or something. And if they don't come over, if they don't come open. Like he just snaps to right where he knows Cooper Cup is going to be and delivers that pass. I think that's what is so impressive about Cup this year. That's the pancake rapport that the two of them have. I, I, I love the that you mentioned that. And also, I love that you mentioned Jefferson and Woods because Woods, you know, catches a two-point conversion. Jefferson finds the end zone. So now we have an idea of our pecking order here. It's taken a couple of weeks because you've got Deshaun Jackson. And then we know that if, like, there's uh, the game script allows, you're going to see a lot of um, Henderson. But I love that we know that this offense is firing on all cylinders and we know where the production can be had. And you're never, ever, ever going to move away from Cup because, as you mentioned, Stafford doesn't either. Um, all right, let's talk about the Monday night game. The Saints at the Seahawks. It's supposed to be rainy. The matchup is not great for... 
the Seahawks um, with Geno Smith under center, Alex Collins banged up. Also, if it's Penny or some combination of like DJ Dallas or whatever, the mat- it's not a great matchup for the backfield regardless because of the Saints rush defense. Um, so where are you going in DFS? Because you also don't think that Jameis Winston is going to throw the ball a whole lot. I mean, you, you're going with Alvin Kamara, obviously, and then yeah. what? Yeah, Alvin Kamara is obviously your superstar pick. The Seahawks allow 181 total yards per game to running backs. And Kamara, despite the fact the Saints have had their bye, is fifth in the NFL in touches. You know, and most of it's actually come on the ground this year. You know, the, the Seahawks have been getting beat up by pass catching running backs too. Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines in week one had six catches. Derrick Henry has like the best receiving game of his life with six catches for 55 yards against them. Najee Harris, of course, got a bunch of catches against them as well. So Seattle can be beat on the ground. They could be beat uh, through the air by running backs as well. So really, I think no matter what, you're in a good spot with Kamara. You know, Jameis Winston, I did take the under on his yardage uh, on FFL mm-hmm. this morning, but I did take the over on one and a half touchdowns on our Yahoo Sportsbook live show where shout out to me I'm going into Sunday night tonight I am 12 24 and 12 on my props so far this year so uh, obviously nice. I rock uh, well I'm probably gonna go 0 and 3 now that I said that on the damn Sunday night props and this will be uh, <laughs> out of date take here but I think Winston is a fine pick as well because the Seahawks have a bad defense and, you know, he can throw a couple touchdowns. I don't think they want him to be the driving engine of the offense or anything like that. And then on the Seattle side, I don't think you can touch any of the running backs. You know, Alex Collins, if he plays, maybe, um, maybe. But uh, and it does sound like he's trending in the right direction. Uh, actually, he will play. He will play uh, on Monday night. It's already been announced that he's going to play. So that's great. But how limited is he? Are they going to give Rashad Penny a bunch of work? That's a question to ask. I, I don't know. So and then in the receiver room, you know, Liz, I'm interested to see how you feel about this because you know Marshawn Lattimore is kind of like a tough cornerback to read. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he has these games where he just kind of looks. He gets beat up, has some production allowed on his side of the field, everything like that. But then it's like, you know, ask him to shut down Mike Evans. He's going to shut that thing down. You know, they gave him all that money just for those two matchups against Mike Evans. And I could see, you know, he's, he's kind of like sometimes he gets up for these matchups, sometimes he doesn't. I could see this being one of those um, games like primetime matchup against DK Metcalf. He just shuts DK Metcalf down. So 25 bucks for DK Metcalf. Uh, 20 for Tyler Lockett, though. The Saints are actually top 10 in yards and catches allowed to slot receivers. I know the chemistry has not been there with Geno and Lockett like it has been with Russ. Duh, no kidding. But he still saw seven targets last week for 20 bucks. And the over-under on his prop is, is, for, for receiving yards is 46 and a half. I would take the over on that. And I think Lockett's a guy you can play as well. I don't mind Callaway either, to be completely honest. Yeah. He's only $18 and Traquan Smith is expected he practiced on Thursday to return from IR um, and that hamstring injury. But his first game back, also a player who's been incredibly streaky throughout his career. I don't really trust. No Deontay Harris in this one. And if you are taking the over, as I agree you should, and as you recommended, on one and a half touchdowns, then I absolutely think that Callaway, who is number two in terms of catches and I believe targets as well behind only Alvin Kamara, And when you're noting the Seahawks defense that's given up, I believe, the fifth most receiving yards, then Callaway, I think, could could really get some run as well, especially at only 18 bucks. Old Chris Hogan retired, too. 
So he's like, yeah. now forget it. I'm done with this. That's that'll be enough. Let me go back to my lacrosse or whatever he, whatever he's planning on doing. This is a tough game to make. I mean, both, um, especially this game was tough to make lineups for. You know, this uh, it's not quite as weird as the uh, the Thursday night game was. Like, if you could fill out a viable lineup on Thursday night football <laughs> this past week with with spending all of the salary, I would have been surprised. Uh, but this is this is tough. You know, Gerald Everett too at just ten bucks is 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 mildly interesting uh, because I do expect that Marshawn. Lattimore DK Metcalf matchup to be one there. And, I love I mean, that I just, point, by the way. That's a really, really good point. And anyone who watches football regularly would understand that. So I think it's important that you brought it out because sometimes, like the prime time, we talk about prime time and island games and like, does it really matter or do we just get to see these? Do we just not have our attention frayed as much when we're watching them? But there are certain players that like the lights more than others. And I think that was a really astute point. Well, that's good because I've made it like three or four times all week. So I uh, good to get some praise. Well, here it's on the, the first the time I've heard it. So I appreciate it. No, I know. It. But I, you know, you know, when you like, you know, we said earlier, it's like sometimes you take your own advice and sometimes you're just making content. You know, sometimes when you get like a real good, like you get a real good nug or something you think is smart yeah. and like, it's like a, just keep gnawing on that thing like a dog with a bone. That's how I've been with this one, this Marshawn Lattimore point all week. So I'm, I'm glad you agree with it because I could, it could be real stupid. DK could catch a touchdown. You know, in like the first half or something, I feel like an idiot. But at least I have this moment. At least I have this moment to feel pretty good about it. But um, yeah, no, I think this is a game is interesting overall too because like Saints coming off a bye. Um, how much do they trust Jameis Winston? Are they still trying to kind of find out what they've got there, or this is just? I feel like this is a transition year for the Saints. You know, like I think they'll be the team that they want to be. Maybe they have Russell Wilson in twenty twenty two. Who knows? I don't. And then the Seahawks is just like, if they lose another primetime game like this, it's just the vibes are not going to be very good there. And um, I am a little concerned about the Seahawks offense, not because I think Gino was, is that bad. I mean, he's obviously made some bad mistakes in, in big moments to end both of the games here, but, and that's kind of the Gino Smith experience, but mm-hmm. it's really just like, to me, Pete Carroll still operates as if he's got the, the great defense from 10 damn years ago the legion of Um, boom yeah 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 and like that's it's been about it's like it's literally been a decade my guy like since that was going on so it might be time to to coach a little differently there um you know the rushing game too this is the funny thing about how we always talk about seahawks want to establish the run blah 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 like this that and the other they're running like the running game has been okay since marshawn left like they've never been it's not like they're the damn Ravens or something like that or mm-hmm. or whatever. Like they're not some elite rushing team. So, and I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, they got to become like the Chiefs and pass all the time in neutral situations. I'm not, let Russ cook all that stuff. But it's just they're such a conservative team. I just kind of wonder, you know, if if the game has outgrown Pete Carroll a little bit, which feels weird to say because I think he's a great coach and um, you know he's obviously been extremely like Seattle should be grateful for Pete Carroll uh bring coming and bringing him they contend every single year but I don't know just I kind of feel like the Russ Wilson and especially since he made that one face like when they made you know yet another conservative call against the by the way Liz I don't know I haven't got a chance I'm just filibustering now I don't even know why I'm still talking could just easily end the show but (laughs) did you say I haven't got a chance to talk about this with you but was Russell Wilson not literally the most involved quarterback that was inactive that you've ever seen in your entire life that last game for the Seahawks I mean are are you surprised no but I'm just are you surprised that you you don't think he had some like there was like a plan ahead of that that somebody walked him through his paces before he knew the camera was going to be on him come on 
He's going through pregame warmups. He's, you know, oh, arguing yeah. with the refs in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's taking the damn, co- like, he's out there in his this Tony Soprano tracksuit. This is Russell Wilson experience, though. Like, come on. Like, this is, we talk about the Jameis Winston experience and the Geno Smith experience. Like, the Russell Wilson experience. This man has a brand and, like, a self, TM, 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 TM nickname and all of the things. Like, yeah. Remember when he signed his um his new deal with like Sierra in bed? Oh, like the, it's God, all those... straight straight douche chills. Like that's that's, uh-huh, that's the uh-huh. deal. Time time yeah. for, time to put y'all to bed. Ugh, God, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so weird. Um, last thing I'll say on this, it is I do think uh, Greg Olson, uh, former Seahawk, obviously former Panther tight end, former Bears tight end. Not to twist the knife there. He said, I think it was going into Thursday night when Russ got hurt that he does believe that Russ is going to try to force a trade again this off season. Um, and sure, I think it's should. interesting. I think it's interesting that um, he's playing the Saints this week. He they well, he, not he, but he's going to be on the sideline. I'm sure he'll be there. I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be taking the, the the coin toss or whatever. Saints this week. Steelers last week. I think those are two teams that will very much be in the Russell Wilson market if and when he becomes available. He's not ever going to Pittsburgh, not just because Aaron Rodgers clearly is going to Pittsburgh, but because <laughs> he has to. There's the reason ah, I can't believe we're still going. Okay, he's never going to Pittsburgh because Sierra is not going to live there. Like, there's no world in which Sierra's like, I need to make money too. That's why it was Chicago, Dallas, Miami, or Vegas. I think girl wants herself Fair a point. residency, and I do not blame her. I don't, th- I think Louisiana is a fun state. Uh, New Orleans is a fun city. There's a market there. There's a lot of film and television there. We know that Russ certainly likes the camera. Sierra makes a living on camera as well as in a recording studio. I believe, you know, that there's a lot of um, music coming out of that part of the country. So I think that that, oh my God, wait, actually, I I forget what Matt Ryan's contract situation is, but like Russell Wilson in in Atlanta could be fun too. Oh well, I guess I guess I underrated the or I overrated the music scene in Pittsburgh. My bad. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, all right. Um, I do think it's interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. I don't blame you for thinking that Russ would force a trade, and I don't blame Russ for wanting a trade either. But I do blame us for continuing to talk, even though there was nothing more to talk about. Nothing so to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it now. <laughs> That's gonna do it for us. But if you need more help. For your fantasy team, let this be a reminder that you can try Yahoo Fantasy Plus for seven days by going to yahoofantasyfootball.com slash plus. And if hearing Matt and I, to use Matt's word, filibuster, was not enough for you and you want to keep the conversation going, then move to Twitter. And you can follow me at LizLoza underscore FF. You can follow Matt at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're at it, double check that you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. For a different angle on Sunday's games, you can listen to Charles Robinson and Frank Schwab in the most recent episode of You Pod to win the game. Seriously, go subscribe to it right now. I'm sure there will be lots of interesting, illuminating, and always humorous takes. Scott and Andy will be hosting this podcast tomorrow with pickup recommendations. Until then, we're out.